Hello and welcome to Get Into Games On Air, a podcast about board games and the people who play them. My name's Craig and as always joining me is my co-host, Becky, Mrs. Get Into Games. Hi! Hello, hello, hello. Well, this is episode four. Who would have thought we would have made four whole episodes of a podcast and not just give up after two? Yeah. Very impressive. I was impressed. Right. Well, today's very special episode, we asked out on Instagram for some ideas for episodes. Uh, And one of the ideas that popped up was games that we think are underrated and games that we think are overrated. So we'll be diving into that a bit later on. We're going to be talking about what's hitting our table this week. We're going to be talking about a local board game convention to boldly game at the National Space Centre that we went to this very weekend. Talking about our overrated and underrated games and again talking about your fantastic board game menus that you submitted across to us on the Instagram machine. So thank you for doing that. So where do we start? Uh, well, shall we start with what we've been playing let's this probably, week? Let's, let's do that. That sounds like a so good idea. We played a couple of games of Star Wars, the deck building game, because we, we you did. were um, demoing that. I was indeed. I was working for Asmodee this very weekend, um, the lovely guys and girls over there, and we were showing off some amazing, amazing Star Wars themed games, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, we had an awesome delivery, which we've been waiting for for quite a long time. Yes. So Hero arrived on, I think it was Tuesday, which was very exciting. Um, and it hit the table that day, I think. It did indeed, yeah. Um, and it was surprising how quickly we remembered how to play um, and picked it up again. And I think that will come to the table maybe again yeah con- considering we hadn't played it for two years we played it at ukge fell in love with it met rob obviously rob the uh creator of the game as well as the designer of our logo um and yeah it was a phenomenal experience we backed the kickstarter backed and supported that all the way um and it's great to finally have it in house to be able to finally get it to the table and play rules came really easily to us um and it's a really good game. The production, the finished production is is really good. Really, well, really good. The last time we'd seen it, it had minis, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Have, it, had, it had a few minis, yeah. And then um, due to production costs, uh, costs and things, the minis were subbed out for, um, what are they called? Perspex, like plastic. Acrylic in standees. Acrylic standees, yeah. And I wasn't sure whether I would love it as much. But I actually think it was like definitely the right move because we would have had to paint the minis in order to work out which characters were which. And the acrylic standees are perfect and yep, very sure. easy to find the characters, etc. Um, there's a great box for storing them in. It, it works really nice. Yeah, nicely. the insert's really good as well for the, for the game, which is really good. However, so great job. we didn't do so well. When we played the game. No, we definitely lost. And we terribly. killed a lot of patients. Yeah, we. it's not co-op. It is competitive, but we did equally as badly. <laughs> yeah. I think I was slightly worse than your bad. I think we considered that I won, but uh, we both were very pretty much, much lost in the, the negative. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, it was not, uh, it was not, it was not great. 
Because we both definitely, definitely lost. We did. And then we played a lot of games online on BGA with uh, various yeah, we of played. our friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we played a game of Seesaw on Paper. We played After Us. We played Forever Home. We played Sky Team, which was really nice because that was a new to us yeah, game. Sky, yeah, we, we played that one, obviously, two-player mm-hmm. game. Sky Team's really good. It's one that I definitely need to get in my collection. I've been going on about it. If you've <laughs> spoken to me in passing or heard from me in passing, it's how much I really want to own a real physical copy of Sky Team. I don't know what I'll do when I get a real one. I'll be too excited to open it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really good fun to play online. It's really good. And to try and manage the landing of the aircraft yeah it's a really strange theme like i don't know why it works it works it's so good like the game is so good but the theme kind of doesn't make sense because why would a pilot and a co-pilot have limited communication when trying to land an airplane full of passengers i suppose they're concentrating on their various parts it's one of those that's like deceptively simple and you think, oh, well, this is going to be really easy. And then you crash the plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> the box having like modules and stuff to make things harder. Uh, mm, it was good. Yeah, really exciting to try and get that one at some point. And then we played a couple of, uh, like we played Patchwork and we played Paint the Roses. Um, which again, Paint the Roses, we always do really badly at it. Yeah, I still don't think <laughs> we've ever, ever won Paint the Roses. I don't understand. I, I don't, I realistically... Um, don't think you can win. I don't think you can think win Paint the Roses. People must have won. We're just not very good. If at you've ever uh, won Paint the Roses, uh, call in. The lines are open, <laughs> uh, so feel free to just call in, and we'll we'll get you on the line in a minute and uh, see they if don't you don't want to embarrass you. No, probably, probably not. But yeah, it's really difficult. Paint the Roses is one of those ones that's like. Mah. I do enjoy playing it. Though. It's kind of that puzzly. Try to work out what the other person. Yeah, is again, doing. limited communication, cooperative works really well. Kind of, but it's kind of that puzzle of. Here's a random thing. But if you're unlucky that the deck has shapes or colours that don't match anything, then you just throw out stuff that is clueless. Well, at one point we both had the same card. So you just played a card. I guessed it. And there was no way you were going to guess that I had exactly the same card. So I think you went through all the variations of guessing which card I had. And you're like, well, what is it in the end? And it was like the same card I just... Yeah, I, I... I don't like the you have to guess every time. Like you could have just put one card down and then you have to guess something. That's kind of for me is a bit of like, well, I don't I don't have to guess because I don't there's no information here to make a guess. So why are you making me make a guess? Like, I understand probably thematically the Queen of Hearts waits for no one she does off not. with your head and your funny croquet situation. So. Then yesterday, yes, yesterday, you went and worked at the space center. I did. I went to work, um, and we went and enjoyed the space center and everything it had to offer. It, and was, it was very good fun. It was a really good day. So at the National Space Center in Leicestershire, uh, there was a convention in the space center called "To Boldly Game." And there was, it was like a mini UKG. It was ran by UKGE and everyone there. And loads of uh, companies had stalls. So I worked for Asthma Day and I was doing the Star Wars deck building game. We also had the Star Wars Unlimited new TCG. So the promos of that and the the prototypes of that on, on display to see. And I'm scared by that game. 
um, my fear is that that's a money pit that one day I will dive into. Uh, yeah. That is out on the March the 8th, so not long. Um, and pre-orders are going in exceedingly well. So if you want to get a copy of uh, Star Wars Unmatched, I would... Unlimited. Unlimited. Unmatched, yeah. That's because you've got Unmatched on the brain. I've That's got Unmatched written down on a piece of paper here. Star no, Wars uh, Star Wars Unlimited. Unlimited. If you want that March the 8th, make sure you're pre-ordering that because that's going to sell like hot cakes. But mm. if, if you like hot cakes, I don't, I don't like hot cakes, like muffins. and uh, Muffins are fine, but uh, why would you want a hot crump cupcake? I don't know. The icing would melt. Asmodee also had a, how do you say it? Mlem? Mlem. 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 Uh, which uh, space is the cats. space cats. And the, the artwork on that is really cute. And it's got such a soft box. It's unbelievable. Soft box. The box is so soft. The box feels like you're stroking a cat. It's not like a cat because it's not furry, but it's so soft. Oh, really? Yeah. It's the softest, oh. softest box you'll ever feel. And I do love a soft box. Nice. Mlem. Um, hey, there were some shutter points set up. Yep, we had Star Wars shutter points set up. So everyone had space themed games, obviously, because it was in a space themed space center. Um, there was, yeah, loads of. So we, I saw um, Yuri Dice. Is that how you say it? Possibly. Um, they had a game called Flick. Flick Fleet. Fleet. I can't even oh, yeah, say that was next Flick to us. Fleet. No, next to the Asmodee. Uh, it seemed to be a flicking sort of war game where we're taking people out that looks really interesting yeah. um alicat games were there with tinder blocks and kitten and one other i can't remember um tinder blocks is a great game we bought it for uh, my sister's boyfriend and it was we played it didn't we at new year's, new year's yeah um and it's a dexterity game where you have to build up the fire but you can only use one hand and you a pair to... of tweezers and the blocks are tiny that's it yeah and also the the build the you you build everything then you pick it all up and you have to put yeah. it on rather than putting on individual blocks which is which is a really cool twist on some of these dexterity games it's quite nice um i do enjoy that one Camden Games were there with Asteroid Dice and their new game, Space Invaders. Shape, Shape Invaders, yeah. Oh, yeah, Shape Invaders, sorry. Which is basically Space, Space Invaders. Invaders. <laughs> but it's, again, another, there seems to be Flick Fleet and Shape Invaders. Both Just like neon. On a table flicking things. Neon pieces and you have to try and knock your knock the opponent's, opponent's base off. off which looks really cool and my thing with that is that the the stand they had it at aircon last year they probably have it aircon this year because it's their big game and they had it at ukge mm-hmm. and they had it there they have a really nice table set up for it with a with a tre- with a trough around the edge of the table so when you flick stuff and it flies off the table it goes in a trough with me i could imagine us flicking stuff on our kitchen table and pieces just end up underneath the fridge and underneath the washing machine and the dishwasher and the oven yeah. which is a bit of a you need the lighting as well yeah they 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 light it with neon lighting and they make it, it really, really cool whereas i don't know whether a high polished table um i don't and know that... i don't know but it looks fun it is fun we played it at aircon i remember yeah. and asteroid dice is always good fun as yeah. well and they've got the extra dice you can buy, like the lava dice and the yeah, is it like titanium dice or something like that? Yeah, Astro dice was a good. It was a, it was quite a hit last year. Mm. Um, I spent quite a lot of time in the imagination gaming area with the children, and they had massive versions of games that we have at home. So they had Koale, which is a 
puzzle, like connect four that you have to pick up the pieces and move them to try and get four yeah, in to a put row. Yeah, the stones on top and then move the stones in like. And then lines. we learnt Quixo, which is another Gigamix, Gigamix, yeah, it? Gigamix game, um, where you it's like noughts and crosses, but you you p- pick up a cube, and then um, before you place it down, you have to push a row of the other cubes before you can place it. Yeah, you have to slide them across, don't you? It's just an interesting um, switch up on like noughts and crosses, basically. The children loved it. Then we played a huge version of uh, Dr. Eureka, which was good, um, which is you have to make patterns. So you've got two, you've got, Test tubes with two green balls, two red balls, two purple balls. You turn over a card and you have to make that pattern, but you have to um, not drop the balls as you pour them out of the different um, Yeah, you sort of have test to tubes. pour two into one and then one into one, and you have to keep swapping them around, don't you, until you can get the, the pattern matching. There was another, like, um, noughts and crosses game where the pieces could eat smaller pieces. I can't remember what that was called. It was the monster, yeah, with monster game, wasn't Gob- it? Drop- Gobbler or something. Um, yeah, that was quite good. The children enjoyed that area. Um, the Pandemonium Institute were there, but I didn't get to see them, no. which was a big shame. They were in the corner. They played. They ran two games of Blood on the Clock Tower there. Um, that's probably the only kind of non-spacey game that was there. But yeah, um, yeah, good. good that they were there. And then the children took part in lightsaber training, which has nothing to do with board games, but was incredibly fun. And that was run by the Saber Guild Lightsaber Academy. Yeah. Um, and the the guys there that were dressed up in their Star Wars outfits were just really lovely people, made the children feel very welcoming. Um, and it was just a very lovely day. And there was uh, the UK garrison stormtroopers there. Yeah, the 501st. So I would definitely recommend it to people if it comes around again. Yeah, I hope year. it will. I think last year they did a um, a games event. Alley Cat Games hosted one in the, one of their conference rooms. There was a show on in the planetarium and then you could go and play some games and it was run by Alley Cat. And I think this has led on from that because it's done really well. And I think this has done really well. I think it definitely beat expectations. I think people thought it was going to be quite quiet. They weren't really the busy. people I spoke to uh, um, that were like the publishers and stuff. They thought it was going to be quite quiet. They didn't think it was going to be as busy as it was. It was. It was. It was pretty good. There was a lot. Of, I didn't stop demoing. I think I had a fifteen-minute break. I, I ran away for a minute uh, to catch a breath. But yeah, I. Um, there were people you could do um, painting minis there. Yeah, there was. There was pin miniatures. There were some Star Trek RPGs and Star Trek games. Yeah. Uh, there was loads there was, of stuff. Um, one of those mega games they were doing den of den, den of wolves. wolves yeah um i think it was the east midlands mega games were there so yeah it was it was good there was lots for everybody to, lots to do you, well, you get man- involved with you managed to while while away 7 hours i did in in there obviously it's the space center so the space center has already has loads of stuff to do it already has um Apollo 13 landings and space launches and all there that sort of stuff. There is lots to do. That is definitely a wonderful place to go. Um, yeah, so to Boulder Game, it was was a really good experience. Um, 
for, for me as, as someone who got to demo because I just really enjoy doing that, teaching games, demoing games. Um, yeah, we got to we got to do quite a lot of stuff there. Um, and what is great about conventions, generally speaking, is having the ability to test out new games and play games that you don't necessarily own so you can get used to them. And, and I just wish, I just wish that there was a way that that you could hopefully just like I just wish we could try a game out without having to buy it without having to own it and keep it in your collection I just wish there was a way that we could sort of try out games there is there is and I tell you about this every single week and it's like you we get to this segment of the podcast and it's like you've forgotten everything that happened previously sorry what every time I'm confused Every time I tell you about Rent, Shuffle and Roll. Sorry? Every time. Rent, Shuffle and who now? We're sponsored by Rent, Shuffle and Roll. Rent, Shuffle and Roll let you rent any of their 1,000 games on a monthly basis so you can try before you buy or get access to a rolling selection of new games every month. That's amazing because that is exactly what I just said I wish there was. This is tiresome. If you're feeling mysterious, you can take a look at their new Mystery Vault selection and see what you can solve. Use code GITG50 to support the show and get 50% off your first month. That sounded like a discount code. It is. And every week we mention this. So what, GITG50? Yes. G-I-T-G-50. So you go to rentshuffleandroll.co.uk... You type in the code GITG50 and you get 50% off yes. the first month Yes, of this monthly rental service. Yes, which you just said was a really good idea. Where you can rent games and then, then send them off. Just like a convention, which you said was a really good idea. It does sound like a really good idea. Really good idea. So what I suggest you do is head over to rentshuffleandroll.co.uk, use the code GITG50 to get 50% off your first month, and in a way, support the show by keeping the lights on and the microphone working and electricity flowing and the water pouring out of the tap. I don't, that, okay. that wasn't... That's, <laughs> not, that's not in the ad read. <laughs> no. I mean, it's not... What ad read? <laughs> what do you mean? What, what do you mean? I don't know. I've got a great idea. I just... I'm very good at remembering what I say. Yes. Me. Okay, good. Hello and welcome to Get Into Games, podcast about no we're not starting again okay excellent news right um here we go uh yeah so um some games are built different to other games and some are hyped and some are underhyped don't you agree i do that, Th- that's good. that wasn't the words we were using though so i'm no. totally confused where you were going good there are games that are overrated. There are games that are underrated. Yeah. And we're going to discuss our personal opinions on what overrated games and underrated games are. And I would add that none of the games that we're going to talk about being overrated games are bad games. No. We just feel that they might not deserve all the hype so that they get. I suppose it would be a good place to start. What do you class as an overrated game? Um... An overrated game, I would probably say, is something that is lauded above a lot of other games. To mm-hmm. say it's really, really like the best game, but it's for me, 
is missing something that makes it as good as what people say. Whether that is theme, whether that is components, whether that's mechanics, there's something about it that shouldn't be said, this is the best game of all time, because there are little bits that, for me, don't add up. I would say that overrated is when something has a lot of hype and then you want to go out and buy it so that you're also in that little bubble of people who are also playing that game and then it just for whatever reason doesn't quite live up to expectations it's still a good game but it just like you said misses the mark in some area and it is just our opinion there are people who when we say the games that we think are overrated, we'll be like, no, yeah, <laughs> it's not. And it literally is just, in my opinion, I would pick a different game over this one to play. Yeah. And that's literally it. I think one thing also that colours mine, and this is a different, this is slightly off topic, but it's something that we might come back to on another episode. But something that I always find, especially in the social media bubble, is there's always these lovely photographs of pictures on Instagram and things like that. And a game that one little game will come to mind. This is just is things like Flamecraft. Now, Flamecraft for me, I love Flamecraft. I think it's a fantastic game. And everyone who looks at photographs on social media, look at Flamecraft and go, this is a wonderful game. But with those cart, those solid wooden uh, components and those plastic minis and all of that stuff. But when you buy the physical game in the shop, you get cardboard tokens and none of yeah. that nice stuff. No nice inserts. So that kind of falls into that overrated sort of thing because what you're getting isn't what you're seeing. Yeah. Because and a lot I, of the time, I think people need to be more honest about what deluxe and what I would also retailers. I would also say that overrated games are often flooded across Instagram and... yeah. Like you see it all the time. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there's a lot of hype around the new game. We've talked about that before. New games always seem to come with a lot of hype, and then you know, do does that live up six months, a year later? Is it still in people's minds? Yeah, absolutely. One one that um was definitely that was Land versus Sea. That was huge for a hot minute and then all of a sudden gone. I don't hear anyone talking about that now. It's just mm. completely gone. But anyway. So what's underrated for you? What so, what's what do you what are you basing your underrated rating on? So I'm gonna base my underrated rating on games that are not that heard from. You don't hear a huge amount of them, you hear a little bit about them. Or games that are in the I really enjoy and most people or a lot of people might be going yeah it's fine but it's something for me that just it gives me some it gives me a feeling of some kind of happiness when I'm playing it 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 fills my need but it's not one that people seem to be like this is great this is a wonderful experience I don't know just things that are not really you don't really hear people talk about very often I think that my underrated games in my list are games that I that weren't on my radar and then not like hidden gem type things. Yeah. I don't play them all the time, but I'm glad they're in my collection and 
they tend to be older games. Like I was, I was looking it up, and I think the underrated game they may have had hype back in the day, but now they don't have hype. That they they're sort of forgotten gems. Okay. So, so where should we start? Underrated or overrated? I think underrated is probably less um, polarizing. <laughs> so we start with overrated and hope they forget about that and stay. No, let's start with underrated and keep them waiting. Or keep them listening. Yeah, <laughs> good idea. <laughs> so no my... time stamps in this episode. <laughs> my first underrated game is a game that's fairly new to us. Very new. Um, how do you know what I'm going to say? You're going to say. Um... Monopoly. No. Um, it is a Birdwood game. Who are the people who make Dog Park, I believe? Correct. Um, the designers are Lottie and Jack Hazel, and the artist is Dan May and Dominique Vassil. I probably said that wrong. Um, and it is Forever Home. Now, we've played this a few times, and I love puzzle games. And this is a puzzly pattern building game about second chances for shelter dogs. It's tile placement and it's set collection. And it's just a really nice game to play. And I don't hear that much about it. It's not fancy. Um, There's little cardboard tokens of the different colored dogs. And, um, you know, it's perfectly nice, but it's just, it's, it's not. It's not fancy. No, but it's, it, it's just. It's a really good game. Um, I. I. It does scale well. I play. I really enjoy it too. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy it at two player because you can kind of. There's a bit more strategy at two player because when you play at higher player, you can't think too far down. You can think right. In when my next turn, I'm going to do this, that, and the other. Because by the time it, if you're playing at a four, by the time it's your turn the dogs or the cards that you want are not going to be there. So, but two player, you really can plan your moves a little bit more, but I do like it at four. We played it at four the other day and I enjoyed it. We played it at three and I remember it being a bit, uh, I think we played it with our daughter and it was a bit chaotic because our daughter's just an agent of chaos. I don't know where (laughs) she gets that from at all. Um, But yeah, I, I did enjoy it. We played it on BGA, and the BGA um, version of it is very good, really good. But I think like Dog Park had a lot of hype, but I certainly, and I may be wrong, and people may be shouting, um, no, it has loads of hype, but I haven't seen lots about it on Instagram. I, I haven't seen lots of people talking about it. It seems to have gone under the radar, but it's a really nice puzzle. Yeah, it's a new game. It's relatively new. It's a 2023 game, yeah. but it hasn't it sort of came and it came with a whisper mm-hmm. and has just lived under the radar but it's actually really nice and really puzzly and i'm not a big fan of dog games i wouldn't genuinely like i wouldn't be drawn to a dog game because i'm more a cat person but um yeah i enjoy it yeah it's it's it is definitely a game with a tacton theme it doesn't need to be about dogs no but I'm. It, it, but equally, it's, it's not 
It doesn't detract from the game. No, it's, a, it's an abstract game with a bit of a Cascadia feel. Um, yeah, it's nice. Really mm. nice little game. What is your first underrated game? My first underrated game I'm going to go with is going to be Histrio from Bombix Games. Yes. So Histrio is a... You're a travelling theatre company of anthropomorphised animals because... We oh, love, love that. that we word. love that word, and we love animals, and we love things. And it's a game with a badger in it. Yes. And it's a game with a turtle in it. Yeah. Um, and lots of animals, mm-hmm. as previously mentioned. But yeah, you are basically trying to put on a performance to whichever way the king, however the king is feeling. So you are gaining, you're taking your travelling theatre productions to a to a to a village. You're getting acts, you're playing acts into your uh, tableau and the the king's mood is always changing. Um, so this little cardboard theatre that you have physically spins around and goes to the red side if he wants a tragedy or the gold side if he wants a comedy and it's constantly spinning. Um, production's great. You have these little director chickens that you put on the stage You've got these really cool cards with this beautiful art. It and the caravans, the, the yeah, all of that stuff is just really cool. I mean, it, it's a really nice game. It is one of the, it is one that kind of. I think there's some confusing rules. Really? I think I think there's, I think I, every time we I suppose we don't play it enough, but every time we play it, there's a the first act and the second act, but the two rounds of it always oh, the scoring the scoring yeah. gets a bit like muddled. It feels. Um, I really like the fact that you all have the same numbered cards and then you play a card, but it's sort of hidden and you reveal it. And if you've gone to a different place, then you can take the cards. Take what's there. But if you go to the same place as somebody else, then... All the cards yeah. get discarded and you lose everything. Yeah. Which is quite nice. Yeah, and the plastic money's cool as well. But yeah, yeah. the... Um... Yeah, there's some really cool mechanics on, on that side of things. And then there's these... these uh objective cards that give you extra points and extra money if you have specific objectives or you have these specific people coming to your theatre shows. It's just a really good game and theatre is a is it was it's, it's quite a big thing for me. I do enjoy a bit of the old dramas and a bit of the old theatres. Mm. Um and it yeah, it's it's a good it's a very nice game. I it do is. enjoy it and everyone should play it. I don't know how much it how it, if it's still in print. Because we got our copy on eBay, I think. I think we got our second yeah, we hand. Did. We did. So I don't know if you can still get it, but if you can but grab if a you copy, can, grab it. Yeah, because it's really good. My second underrated game is um, a kind of a social deduction game, but it's not on the level of Blood on the Blood on the Clock Tower or Werewolf or anything like that. Um, it is Deception Murder in Hong Kong. The designer is Toby Ho and the publisher is Jolly Thinkers. Mm-hmm. And um, it can play four to 12 players, but it plays quite quickly. So it says it plays in 20 minutes and you can play many rounds of it. But essentially, a ra- a ra- um, well, there's three three rounds in a game, yeah. but that will be over in 20 minutes. And your investigators solving a murder case. Um, one the killer turns out to be one of the investigators, and you've got to try and work out how they killed 
a victim and one of the players is a forensic scientist and they are giving clues but um, they can't say anything so they have to put the bullets on bits of information so it might be where was the murder where did the murder take place and they've got to lead you to whatever the killer has decided are the is the weapon and the clue basically um and it's a really good sort of quick social deduction game yeah um that you can play and it's just a laugh really but I, again i don't think i've heard many people playing it no yeah it's not one that you hear loads about like loads you don't see it all the time i what i really like is about it is that the quote unquote storyteller in the game feels like they're more actively participating in the game because the way they have to give clues feels very like like how you feel when in code names you're trying to see how many words you can fit under one clue you have to kind of put these bullet tokens on five of these different clues but they could just be what does the person look like or is he physically fit or overweight or and like and then each, so you listen to what people are saying, and then after the first round of people guess, well, not guessing or talking about who they think it might be, the then forensic scientist can take back one of the clue cards and exchange it for another and give a different clue. So you're con, you're right. You're they're constantly involved rather than just sitting back watching the story unfold, which is sometimes what happens with Bud on the Clock Tower. If you're running a story, you just watch it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, sometimes you 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 have a little bit of that, but yeah, it's it's it just gives you a bit more stuff to do, even though you're leading this story, and it's completely random. So one game you might one person might be the forensic scientist, but the next game someone else might be, and or you might be a the killer or the I, witness or the. I think as somebody who likes to play Bell on the Clock Tower, I think it's a really good way of getting your friends or people who won't immediately play Clock Tower getting into it a little bit yeah it's a it's a it's a good way to get people into it's in the same sort of vein as like avalon or the resistance is to get people into social deduction mm. without um that or just stick them in front of the traitors for a while and see what happens <laughs> cool um my second one yeah is a game from atlas games mm-hmm. it is a game that is sometimes available and often like rocking horse poo to find. Um, and that is Dice Miner. Um, Dice Miner is the perfect, perfect filler game. It's in Dice Miner, you have a, uh, a cardboard mountain. If you have the deluxe version, you have a nice plastic, noisy mountain. But you have a nice cardboard mountain and you roll in loads of dice. And there's dice on a mountain. And on the mountain, you can draw mount, uh, dice from the top or. As long as you can see two sides of the dice, you can draw the dice. All the dice have different faces. You have numbered one to five dice, which are tunnel dice. You have hazard dice. You have treasure treasure dice. You have uh, uh, dice with like pickaxes and shields and such as like. So you have loads of different types of dice that you're trying to score different ways of scoring different points. Like the tunnel dice, you need one, two, three, four, five in order to be able to score like a maximum of 15 points or one, two, three, two or six points, that kind of thing. Um, 
And it's just a really easy dice game. It feels really nice when you have to roll a huge amount of dice. Um, it's just like really therapeutic. Just to have a big load of dice in your hands and just chuck them. But and it's there, quick and easy. There's beer on some of the faces of the dice. And if you get one of those, you can choose on your turn to roll it to somebody else to get the chance to pick two things off the mountain, which is, it just adds that level yeah. of player choice to that. Do I do I give this potentially lucrative dice to another player in order to get two lucrative dice for me, or do I hold back and that's actually useless to me? So. Yeah, so there's a, quite a bit of strategy involved, yeah. even though it is quite light, and it's, it's really easy to teach. Um, mm. Young gamers or older gamers or anyone can just get involved with it, just get it to the table between games. It's just the perfect kind of yeah. kind of game. Um, yeah, it's just, unfortunately, it's really difficult to get hold of sometimes. It just disappears and then it never comes back. But it's, yeah, Dice Miner, very, very good. Everyone should definitely give that one a go. Uh, my next game is a big potato game. Um, which is called What Next? And the designer is Ed Naoyokas, I think. Okay. Um, it's a pick-your-path adventure. There are three different stories. You read through the cards and you follow what it says and you can choose your path and then you will come to dexterity slash skill challenges that you have to partake in in order to move forward. If you can't do this, um, the challenge, then you have to put a peril piece on the Tower of Peril. And you win if you get to the end of the adventure. You lose if you knock over the Tower of Peril. Um, I've always loved those sort of pick-your-path books i think i read loads when i was a child you know where you could turn to a certain page and then it told you the rest of the story um it's a great one to play with family um you know sort of you could play it at a party i guess everyone can get involved and then there's light and dark sides of the cards so there's a sort of there's a, a disc that you turn each turn each time you read a card and when the power goes out or you run, run out of power, then you turn to the dark side and that's more perilous. I quite like that mechanic. Um, but it's just really good fun and I don't hear enough people talking about it. Yeah, it's it's a really good, like, I think it's, it works well with kids. It works well with, like, just fun party. It's one that I get give out at the uh, cafe quite often. It's quite a good, just game for everyone to have a laugh everyone just to get involved with there's some really silly challenges like dropping cards flicking cards catching cards and flicking discs and trying to find blindly find stuff out of a bag mm-hmm. there's loads of really and the the, the stories that, that you follow are really <laughs> silly uh, there's one about like a giant koalas, koala yeah. <laughs> a robot um there's there's loads of really cool little stories yeah it's good okay my number three game is a game called Transmissions. Uh, Transmissions is a it's like a rondelle kind of game. You have a, a deck of cards. Everyone has the same deck of cards that you draw up, um, and you can move. You move all the robots. So none of these really cute uh, robot minis are yours particular. So you move all these robots around. You're gaining resources. You're you're picking up junk. You're picking up resources to be able to spend on the junk that you find, like a pair of socks and a toaster and a 
TV and random things, and you're getting energy, putting a pipeline together as well. So there's like a puzzle of pipeline. There's some objectives of getting butter uh, pieces with butterflies and robins on. There's just lots of little puzzly bits, and it's it's definitely one of those games that is just a really cozy kind of game that you're just there's a bit of strategy moving these robots around the rondelle working out which way is the best way to do it to get you the most points upgrading your robots so every robot can do a basic thing and then as you play the game more and more the the robot can do more and you can choose which robot for you does what so you can make the green robot move first further you can make the other uh, make one robot the yellow robot move the other way or something like that so there's a lot of different choices um and production wise my god it's the robots the, it's, are so cute it's the most beautiful game. it's so nice like i it's just so like i'm quite a box art tart and um a bo- what a box art tart a box art tart a box art tart heard of that that's um one of them and i if you give me great components and great um art, i'll just i'll just buy it thanks there's also like quite a lot of ways to win so you can go for your pipeline or you can go for because if you fill up your robot um board then you can um like score extra points yep you get points. you can get objective cards and things so yeah there's it's quite varied the way you can go about yeah. winning so it's quite yeah it's it's quite relaxing it's quite it's very straightforward to play very easy to teach it just it's just quite quick and it, people just don't i don't when you see it online, you see it online, but I don't, I know, I think I could tell you the accounts that own that game. Yeah. Like if, if people are on Instagram or anything, I could tell you who has that game mm-hmm. and I can go, they have that game, they have that game, they have that game. But I don't know if anyone else has that game because no one wants to talk about it. So please <laughs> talk about it. Uh, my next game, which is underrated, is a game called Dungeon Academy um, by Julian Alain and Published by Matago. Do you say it Matago? Mm. Not Matagot. Matago. Okay. I don't know, I'm asking you. Is it the, the expert? Dungeon Academy, isn't that the op? I don't know. Okay. Um it's sort of a would you consider it a roll and write? It is a roll and write, yeah. So, it's a flip and write. Uh, it, no, it's a roll and write. It's dice and you're yeah. writing. So yeah. you have four dungeons and each dungeon is a four by four grid. There's four rounds. Um, and you have a character card, and you have some life, which are red cubes, and you have some mana, which is blue cubes, and your character has a special power. You roll the 16 dice into the dungeon, which will give you a different configuration of blue monsters, red monsters, potions, etc. The idea being that you have only a limited time to draw your way out of the dungeon, but you have to make sure that you balance how, you know... um, your cubes with how many um, monsters you want to defeat and how much potion you pick up so that you don't lose health. Um, You get points for being the first person to get out of the dungeon safely. Um, And it's just really good fun. Yeah, you get points for like what, how many, all the monsters. If you're the person that gets the most red monsters or yellow monsters, every time you go through a monster, you need to make sure you've got potions because otherwise you're going to lose the health. So you might like die in the middle of the dungeon, which you don't want to do. It's really and good. I've just not seen another roller right quite no. like it. Um, it's just different. And I think it will stay in our collection 
because for that reason, because yeah. it, we just don't have anything that's like yeah. it really. It's, it's 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 a really it's a really interesting. It's like a yeah dungeon crawling roll and write, um, and because the dice are always going to be different, is so variable. And as you go through the rounds, you you add a new dice, don't you? Take out one of the basic dice and you put a new dice with a big monster mm. in or extra treasure or a key or something. And you can change um, the time that you get to do it. So you could start off with a minute, but then you could do 45 seconds. So there's quite a lot of replayability if you get really good at it. I've not yet got really good at it. No. And I, I like the fact that it's like it's the way it's the dice, the way you are facing the board rather than there's yeah. not a top and a bottom. So it's, it's kind of also that makes it different for everybody as well who's playing it. It's a, it's a good yeah, choice. It's, good. It's, a, it's a fun, fun little game. Well then. Okay, my number four um, is a game from Board and Dice, um, which is weird to have an underrated game from Board and Dice. Um, but I do also feel that this game from Board and Dice also doesn't really fit the Board and Dice normal mould. And that game is Mandala Stones. Now, this game, I believe, was released around the pandemic. And I think that has had a major effect on how many people have got it into their hands. Because in Mandala Stones, you are artists uh, and you're placing these blocks that are artists to collect. And you collect the four stones around them. And then you are putting them on a player board and you can choose to either get more stones or choose to score. And it's got a really interesting scoring method of you can score like multiple layers, but you only ever take the top stone off. So you might and you want them all to be the same color to get the most points out of it. And then you end up putting them on this board, other board that scores you the, the victory points. And it's just a really good abstract puzzle. It's really pretty. It's got like circular Azul style kind of tiles. Um, it's mm. it's really good. It's it's I really like it. I, I don't think you're as you're not quite as. I'm not as excited by it as you, but I will play it. Like it's it's nice. Yeah. Um, I just don't always understand. You're very good at abstract games. I don't always see how I can best score, so I'll just do what I think, and then you'll be like erasing it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those ones that you can like. Sometimes you can. You can start behind, but you can gradually you can you can get like a first couple of rounds, and you're like, "Oh, I'm not scoring very well." But then all of a sudden, everything just comes together. You manage to move, so everything just. I think sits also pretty. there's objective cards, and I think sometimes that can steer you in a certain direction. But actually, the value of points you get per scoring your objective cards doesn't sort of matter that much. Yeah, it's, so it's like an add-on, but that's not how you should play it it's definitely got the thing that parks has got is you've got an objective card but or even to a point wingspan but you've got an objective card but if you concentrate on the objective card the objective card is only worth like two points like it's not Which really going to change <laughs> yeah but it's not going to actually change the score at the end if you've aimed for something that's not not that lucrative i tend to think that if you've been given an objective card that's the thing that you should do then yeah. I have to follow that rule, and then that doesn't always. Yeah, end that's up definitely me. a thing that doesn't work in parks. Definitely don't bother with yeah. the objectives; they're not worth it. Um, so my last underrated game is a game called Take It to the Limit, which was designed by um, 
well, I, I don't know his first name. I've just written Burley. That can't Burley be his name. Burley Game. Pete. But it's published it's by Burley Games. Pete. Um, and it is another puzzle game. Uh, apparently it's a bigger version of Take It Easy, but we don't have Take It Easy, so it's just Take It to the Limit. There are 64 hexagonal tiles. You take your uh, coloured set of tiles. Um, you have a separate sort of scrapyard area, and you're trying to make rows or columns of matching pipes. So um, if you had the 12 pipes, you get a multiplier. So if you manage to get a row of 12 uninterrupted, no, say seven uninterrupted pipes that are all value 12, then you would get seven times 12 um, points at the end. But it's really difficult to score all your rows because eventually you have to put something down and it might be that you have to put a five value where there should where you really wanted a 12 value and on the hexagonal tiles there's sort of three colors on each tile so it's a it's really puzzly as to how you place those tiles and you can use the scrapyard but there's only limited spaces on the scrapyard Nine spaces isn't there yeah. um so once you've filled all that in you are just going to have to put it on your main board but you also have to fill in your scrapyard because yeah. otherwise you lose points yeah there are bonuses so, yeah so it's, it's just a really fun game um and i think lots of the burly games are similar because i think when we went to ukg they've got lots of similar type yeah. of puzzle mathy games um but it's really good it's a real brain burner. Yeah, I love it, but it is ouch. It's <laughs> yeah, there's like the pipes that if you get if you follow if you actually complete like three of them, there's a bronze, silver, and a gold. And if you like complete the gold one, that means you get the perfect line of all of those pipes. You get an extra yeah, like bonus. sixty points. It's just madness, but it's it's tough. Um I we uh i got uh john and rachel to play take it easy and they really enjoyed it but mm. take it to the limit just literally takes it to the limit <laughs> yeah. um but yeah burly games are really good they do like camisado which is like this chess kind of game they did um the frango's version of can't stop and billabong and mahe um yeah some really good yeah. games really good games that they that they produce so they're sort of an underrated yeah publisher yeah they they really are they don't they're not they're always at ukge they're always there the pete seems um, to be like a family is yeah him and his son are always always there running the uh running the stand at the conventions the conventions they're always busy at the convention so yeah they sell out because um yeah i think we were looking to pick up a game and might have been can't stop actually. I it, don't know. It was the time we were trying to get can't um, stop. Yeah, and we had to make a decision because there weren't that many left. So oh, they yeah. they are obviously do well, but um, really I don't hear about their games very often. Their prices aren't too. The games aren't actually that expensive. No. Really, they're good good production, good quality, really good games, and they don't generally tend to be that expensive, which is which is quite nice in a hobby when everything costs a million pound. Right, your last underrated game. My last underrated game is not underrated. However. <laughs> my last underrated game is not underrated right i think you're gonna to have to explain that my last underrated game is not underrated because it should be universally loved because it's a brilliant game but i don't think it's universally loved as much as it should be do you 
I know what it is, but do you think That's it is... That's because you can see my piece of paper. Do you think it's because it's an older game now? Like it's lost its hype? I don't know when it came out. It probably has lost its hype to a point, but it should be in conversation with Cascadias and Acropolises. It should be when we say to each other at the table, should we play Cascadia? Should we play Acropolis? Should we play something puzzly like that? We should be saying, let's play Tiny Towns. Because Tiny Towns is phenomenal. Mm. It's so good. It's so puzzly. Um so if you haven't played Tiny Towns before, you have a little, I think it's five by five grid or six by six grid. I can't even remember. Might be eight by eight. No, it's not that big. Six by six grid. No, five. Ten? <laughs> no. It's a big square. You have a big square grid. You have a big square grid and you have one person who is the master builder. I said it. And they are taking cubes. They pick a, they pick a color of a cube that you can draw and you put it on your board and then the next person will do the same. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to build these, you've got all these other buildings to build and... You're building a town. You're building a town, but you have to have specific cubes in a specific shape. So it's a polyomino game. It's a polyomino game, but there's physically no polyominoes. And then once you've put the polyomino shape in in cubes, you then replace it and put the building in in one of those cubes it's taken up. And each building has its own asymmetrical power and again there's loads of buildings like but it's not a power i wouldn't say it's like no um you scoring have to have way it scores you have to have a farm and a, a cottage or the cottage yeah. feeds the farm and you have to have one for each cottage yeah yeah, yeah yeah and then there's like some that has to be these buildings they score extra if you put them next to a well or yeah. um there's the factory which gives you an extra cube and you can then swap the cube for it and stuff like that it's just so good i i and I, I, we don't play it enough to be fair um but I, I really like it i just think it's a great game and it it should be in that kind of it didn't win. This is my thing. Like, so, like, Cascadia won awards. It won Spieldiaris. It was the best game. But Tiny Towns didn't win an award, as far as I'm aware. It probably won some kind of award. Probably says it on the box right behind me. But <laughs> it, it's definitely should be in more conversations, as far as very, very good, puzzly, polyominoy. I think that gameyoni. And do you know what's on the box? When you look at the box, do you know what you are in Tiny Towns? Do you know what you are? Poly, you're anthropomorphised animals. Yeah. Uh, And that's very important in board games. What I was going to say is I think that a lot of our underrated games, one, are puzzle games. Two, are games that don't necessarily have the table presence that games nowadays have. Yeah. Like often now games will have something like White Castle has the bridges and... Yak has the, you know, carts with the... Yeah, but yeah. there's often now something that makes it stand out, but the games we've chosen are sort of really good games, but they don't have anything like wow about the, them. It's the, just a puzzle. The, the toy factor, yes, you might fact. call it. Right, oh, so... God. Overrated games. Um, we are not going to go into publishers and artists because we assume that because they're overrated, you'll know all about them. Mm. <laughs> so we'll hate us forever. So I think we're just going to tell you what the overrated game 
is and why we're and wrong why. and you're right no <laughs> or why you're uh, wrong yeah. and we're right or have a lovely day right or you've turned off because you don't want to hear it. you don't want to, you're um, sad now you're so cried. my first overrated game is sleeping gods now as we said at the start these are all games that we think are great they are good games but they had a lot of hype or we think that they don't live up quite to the the hype that they got. Um, Sleeping Gods for me is never going to get to the table as much as it should. And therefore it cannot have the hype that it has. Everybody wanted it when it first came out. It was like, oh, look, there's a, a book and, and you, you can go off in all sorts of directions and it's brilliant. But I don't know a great deal of people who can give up the amount of time that game warrants to play it over and over again to find all the things that you're supposed to find. Yeah. I think it's a great game. It's probably going to stay in our collection because we can't bear to part with it and it is so pretty and we do have every intention of getting it to the table. But for so, me... So this may change. This, this... It might, yeah. But... And people who have played it and managed to do it I'm sure think that the hype is genuine and deserved, but I just don't feel like for the amount of hype that it got, that it can warrant it for a game that essentially comes to the table once a year or if that. Yeah, I my thing with it is that you can only explore a certain amount. So you're doing the story and you can only go a certain amount in the certain amount of rounds within the game that you have, which I think is three. I can't remember. Mm. You can only go so far. Then that's the end of the game, of that, that that game. Then you pack it away, and then you do it again. But then you go in a different direction. And then you do your few rounds, you can only get so far. Then you stop, and you finish, you put it away. <laughs> and then you start again, and you go in a different direction. And to me... It's a sandbox game with a severe edge to the sandbox. You can't just keep going. And also, it's really hard and you'll just die. That's the other thing I found. Well, I don't think we can... We can't say because we haven't played it enough to say whether it is or it isn't. But I just... Yeah, it's from just... From the hype perspective, I just don't think it Yeah, can. I don't... It, it's beautiful. It's a lovely story. But it just doesn't... For me, it just doesn't... doesn't cut... Was that on your list as well? It was on my list, but oh. I'm going to now have to come up with a fifth one on the fly. Yeah, we can Live just have that. We can have that shared. The podcast. We can have that shared. We can share. Share it. Yeah. So does that mean you're going to go again? Really? Okay. Well, I don't know. We were sharing. If so we're the sharing next that... one I know is going to not be agreed with by one of our friends. <laughs> Probably lots of them. So I think I had a friend. Um, I probably don't have a friend after I've said this. Um, So my second overrated game is Obsession. Mm -mm -mm. Sorry, Peter. It's a a good game. Don't get me wrong. I like playing it. But for me, everyone wanted it. And there was all this hype about the English household and running the household and for me, it's just putting tiles out underneath a board that doesn't, it doesn't feel like you are running 
an English house. Like you can buy the playing field or whatever it is or the billiards room and you can put it underneath your plane and you get money. But I don't know, there's just not enough. The theme doesn't come through. Like I could be doing... And it's beautiful. And the box that you put the stuff in is beautiful and it's well organised and it's well thought out. And it is a brilliant game and I love playing it. But for me, the hype is just too much. Yeah, I think production is great. I think theme is... Yeah, I I, I don't re- always feel the theme coming across. Yeah, you get the cards, fine. But I don't feel... Mechanically, I think it's a fantastic game. I really mm. like the whole mechanics of the game in general. I think it's brilliant. I really enjoy it. I just the theme just doesn't it doesn't do it for me. Uh, uh, the thematically, the theme doesn't come out. I really enjoy the game. I really enjoy playing the game. Um, I just think the theme isn't. It just doesn't. Yeah, the theme's not there. But yeah, but it is a great game, and you should definitely check it out. You should definitely play it. Yeah. Absolutely. This it's a weird one because I I think like thematically I I don't I don't feel the theme because I like theme in the game but it doesn't obviously there's not there's no there's no real artwork other than these black and white photographs on the cards there's no mm. other real artwork that tells me where we are like at least in although you still do want to go and visit the house yeah definitely <laughs> but between two castles and stuff have like really cool the pictures artwork of the rooms, on, on yeah. the tiles if the pictures of the rooms are on the tiles. You might have me. You might have me. Okay, my overrated game. My second, although my first, because we shared one. Wait, still um, the second. Which, if you've heard on a, another podcast, you might have heard me speak about this. But my um, overrated game is um, Yahtzee with characters and cards. Um, it's Dice Throne. Um, Dice, Dice Throne's really popular. I don't know why. D- I mean, Dice Throne's Yahtzee. We pl- we play it. Yeah, it's quite fun. It's Yahtzee's fun, but I don't think you need all the different versions. You need one version of Dice Throne. You don't need several versions. Yeah, so we've got we've got the Marvel Dice Throne. We've got the we've got four, eight characters. We've got. Mm-hmm. And that is enough. All of them feel the same. All I'm doing is variations on a theme. having a picture of a different person. I don't feel they like they have their powers, don't they? They, but I don't feel like I'm Captain Marvel fighting Spider Man. I feel like I'm very lucky with the dice, and you're not, or you're very lucky with the dice, and I'm not. Yeah, if you don't like dice rolling and the luck that's involved with that, then... but. It... And you play the cards to do the things, and the things don't change because the things that I can do are the things that you can do. See, I tend to prefer like Kapow yeah, because Kapow. you're making your luck, so you can choose which faces you put on the dice, which then feels like, oh, I've engineered this. Whereas it is more luck based with dice, isn't it? Yeah. Like, will these five uh, faces all come up at once? That's it. Kapow is a better game. I've said it. And I'm gonna <laughs> not say any more than that. And uh, this will be the last podcast oh, because ever here. Everybody, because all the dice throne ninjas are coming after. Right, me. wait, it gets worse. Okay, good. So my third overrated game, and I just don't get it. And I know people love it. Mm-hmm. Is Heat, and I know you like it. Mm. 
But I would play any other racing game. Downforce, Formula D, uh, Rally Man GT, overplaying heat. I do not understand it. I do not understand the heat, the overheating element thing. I don't, I, I, I don't know. It goes over my head. I would rather fiddle with the gear stick in Formula D. I, I, I just don't know. I don't know. For yeah. me, it just doesn't work. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy racing games. I don't know why I enjoy them. I just enjoy them. I do enjoy heat. I think it's quite good. I do think it's, it's the quickest. It's the most race feeling racing game. See, I don't feel that at all. I just, I, I do feel like it, 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 it moves, but I do feel like it's very clunky. I don't understand what I'm supposed to do with my cards. I think that's the problem. You play, yeah, it, it's, I don't know, there is something about it. And I've, I've heard people say, oh, at high player counts, it takes three hours to play, which I don't think it does. Um, I don't know. We we played we played our version and we played on online. BGA. Yeah. And I think the, the game I played on BGA, I think I just totally lost the will to live because I yeah. just kept spinning out because it's not the sort of game you can just leave and keep playing over several days it's not that kind of game i don't know just to me i know there's a lot of hype about it and people love it but i just don't get it yeah i I do think i i definitely prefer rallyman gt i just there's something about rallyman gt that i like but then again there's dice luck in rallyman gt that you've you've got it or you haven't so there's issues there downforce is great but also don't know whether that would technically class as a racing game um and the best racing game is the quest for el dorado so that's another thing but he yeah i agree i can agree with that i can understand why it's not i i I don't i don't necessarily think it's the best racing game ever so therefore i do probably think it's overrated and on bgg it is number one in all racing games so well, I do not agree. I do want to try Flam Rouge because I think Flam Rouge is a more simplified version of Heat. I think some of the confusion and the complications from Heat is not in there. But that's another thing. Mm. My number three is everyone else's number one. It's Brass Birmingham. I think that's pretty much um, <laughs> pretty much sealed this podcast fate. Um, I, think... I like Brass Birmingham. We don't play it enough. But I, I like it. don't mind Brass Birmingham. I think it's fine. I think the thing is with Brass Birmingham is that I would love to love it because I love the theme. My mum and dad have a narrowboat. Like I like the idea of it changing from narrowboats to mm. rail. I love all of that. I think the rules overhead. Yeah. means that it doesn't get to the table. But I think it would be a good game if it did get to the table. A million components, a million little cardboard things. That's better with my folded space insert. Thank you very much, <laughs> folded space. Not a sponsor, but if you want to be a sponsor. I mean, I don't mind if you want to be a sponsor. You're not a sponsor, but you can be. Anyway, makes life easier for setup, much easier. However, it just, yeah. I, to me, it's not the best board game of all time. So how come it is for everybody else? Well, Must be something you're doing, right? Clearly Monopoly is the best <laughs> game ever made. What? Yeah. Right, get out the house. So that was Brass Birmingham. <laughs> there you go. Um, My next overrated game is a game that currently has a lot of hype. I mean, you wanted it as soon as you saw somebody else have it. 
you were like, I need this game in my life. And then we played it recently. Twice. Uh, a few times. I think we played it three times now. Maybe. Um, and it is beautiful, but it just doesn't do anything for me. And that is Three Ring Circus. I'm just not sure whether we'll be talking about it in a few years' time, whether it will still be on people's radar. I just don't know whether it's good enough to last the test of time. At the moment, it's cool. It looks cool in Instagram photos. It looks great. Um, The little uh, circus tents really draw people in. It's a good game, but I'm just not sure it lives up to... Yeah, it's a beautiful game. I don't really see it as popular as it i i think by uh, by ukge by june there'll be more stuff and i think this will be it will go in it will be forgotten i think there's there's some really cool mechanics that it does there's some really clever stuff mm. that it does it is quite fun it's, yeah. it's quite quick there's some i i, I would like to play it with uh, the, the full yeah. the full player count yeah, i think definitely. that's when it will shine but it there's some clunky rules. The rule book's not great, but I think the rule book isn't fantastic because I think it's a direct translation from another language. Hence, why yeah, there are some mistakes. There in are the rule things. Book. There are definitely spelling mistakes. There's lots Sur- of them. Suckers. Uh, three ring suckers with, with extra R's. But yeah, I um, think there's a couple. So when we've played it, we had a couple of questions, but it just wasn't easy clear. to find the answer. In the which rule I think, book. which I think, is because of direct translation. Yeah. It's the only only thing I can think. It is. It's fine, and it's nice to have in the collection, and it's different to other things we have in the collection. It just is a bit overrated yes. at the minute. Yes. My next one is going to upset a few people, maybe. I think it will. But I don't know if it's truly that overrated. My next one is uh, Ten Penny Parks. Now, Ten Penny Parks is a very nice game. Um. It is got a little, a really cool little rondelle circus tent. What is the theme of the circuses going wrong today? <laughs> um, a circus tent that you turn to basically place your worker. Everything is super tight. Um, so it's a worker placement, polyomino, polyomino tile laying game. The worker placement spots are really tight. There's very few of them uh, when you go. And if you're playing it with a higher player count, there's it's much tighter. So money is quite tight. Um, when you're placing your polyominoes, one thing I do like, which is quite unique, is that the polyominoes can't touch. They can only go like corner to corner. They can't physically like be next to. I was just about to say that is the part of the game I dislike the most. <laughs> I, I I like it because it's different. Um, See, the puzzler in me wants to fit them all together. Yeah, and you can't. But it and you end up like with loads of dead space. It's it's just it's crazily tight. It's a really tight economic like like it's just really tight. I but I just I don't always I don't love every game that we play of it. I think sometimes we play it and it just feels it just Someone falls runs flat. Away with it, maybe. Sometimes people just yeah can just run away with a victory and it's like oh this is the my I don't think it is. I think it's a feeling that somebody's running away with it because you can collect sort of victory points but and you, you can see it whereas i prefer a game where the scoring is at the end yeah. so that you don't get that deflated kind of feeling as you go along you can see someone like running away with it with piles mm. of coins or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. that bugs 
So, my last overrated game, okay. I think, is just going to get me shot down in flames. Um, first of all, the box is horrible. Yep. It is a mess. So, mm. you open the lid and it's literally just all thrown in there. It's just rubbish. Unless, of course, you have, like our box, well, now we a Laserox insert. Yeah. Laser rocks are not a sponsor of this podcast, oh. but if you want to be, I mean, I don't but mind. Be- you can do a laser rocks, for it, but yeah, okay. But before we had the insert, it was just like, oh my gosh, this has been spewed up in the box. Like no thought has gone into this box at all. And often games nowadays, they have really nice inserts and it's well, you know, like Endless Winter is well thought out for how everything goes back in. Anyway, they clearly couldn't care less about that. Um I think this game is too complicated for its own good. Um, I don't really understand the scoring in it, to be fair. The artwork isn't even that nice. Um, but everyone wanted it, and everyone must have it, and it cost a fortune, and that is Ark Nova. Yeah. And we've played a couple of games, and it's okay. But it's not coming to the table very often, just because trying to remember how to play is quite a... Well, for me, anyway, quite difficult. But also, it's just not something I want to spend four hours playing. No, it, it's definitely got... It's, it's quite a... Yeah, the 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 production isn't there. When, when it was out, first out, and everyone was hyping after it, and it looked... It had an impressive table presence, I must admit. Like, looking yeah. at it on the table looks impressive. Huge, great thing. But it was so expensive. And I think when it came out, it was like £70 and in the UK. 70 quid for something that's got flimsy, flimsy paper boards an and, yeah, just cards and then component soup everywhere. It's a bit like um, Terraforming Mars in the fact that it has lots of things that need to be on the board, but the board is literally just a bit of paper. Yeah, that yeah. flap, so you know you've only got to knock the table, and the whole thing goes flying. Um, I love, I love the theme of it. I love the idea of it. I like the idea of putting cages out and um, getting your animals to come in to the and conservation. I, I like the theme of it. I just don't think it's been executed that well. But I think everybody wanted it and had to have it. And then I feel like they spent eighty pound on it and had to say it was great. Yeah. There is, there's always that. There will always be that thing when you get the new hotness and you've spent an absolute fortune on something. It's And like a lot of Kickstarters as well, you spend a fortune on it. It's really embarrassing to say, I made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. This is a bit pants. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't mind it. But I, it's it's one that we all... It's, it's obviously a good game. It's obviously a reason it's number like four or something, a BBD, and everyone... But for me, I think that it definitely has something missing. Um, which brings us nicely onto my number five. Mm-hmm. Um, Is it a good one? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, it's Terraforming Mars. Oh, that's um, not what I was expecting you no, to say. No, What were you expecting me to say? I don't know. I wouldn't say that's... I don't know. I wouldn't say Terraforming Mars is fine. Um, but again, there is... In the same realms of Ark Nova, obviously, it's a really flimsy cardboard box. Components. It's an old game, right? Badly produced. It is. It's an older game, yeah. But 
There's Are there new versions of it with better components or no? No. Oh, right. um, well, I mean, there's obviously the Ares Expedition and the dice game now, but even just the game, I'm never... I, I don't mind it. it. Again, it's a fine game, but it it doesn't make me go, oh, that was so good. Let's get that to the table tomorrow. Let's keep pulling this out and playing it over and over again. There's a, there's a lot of um, player upkeep. So you have to move the the cubes along and get bigger cubes, etc. And remember to move things. Um, and then again, that thing of like, if you knock the table, yeah, all your pieces go flying, and it's like on a number five, and yeah, you can't remember what the you're com- on. And also the components, like the the cubes, are like have got that like metally shine to them, but they're okay. plastic. Well, they're so cool. when they clump together, they start chipping away. So. Uh, I just think it's a re- it's a fine game what you're doing, but I feel like there is an is a and I know there's corporations to change how you play it, but I don't play it enough to play the different corporations all the time. So a lot of the time we settle for just being the, the nor- normal. Or normal corporations. Then we settle into we're just playing this the same way every single time. Is it still hyped though? It's like number three. Oh right. I'm sure it's. Not. I'm sure it's. I might be wrong. This might be wrong. But I'm. No, it's <laughs> not. Up, it's look not. It up later. <laughs> I could do it right now. I think it's number. I know it's not four because four is Ark Nova, three is Gloomhaven, two is Pandemic, and yeah. one is Brass. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, while you look that up, yeah, my thoughts on overrated, underrated is that really you can't tell whether games are overrated until time has passed. So we won't know whether Three Ring Circus right now will live up to the hype because we need time to say whether it's still in the psyche of people playing board games. Yeah. Um, so it would be number six. Okay, all right. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do... What, you're going to have to just... Oh, you, have you finished? No, because you just cut me off. I was only going to say that every day, like nowadays, sorry... Everything that's new seems to come with a lot of hype. I think it's just the way of advertising Instagram kind of pushes certain games. And I think that maybe, which we've always said, is that a return to some of the more classic games is where, you know, the the good yeah. underrated games lie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think some of the older games that we have take, started to take for granted, they're there, we just don't do them. Mm. I mean, looking at the top 10, I mean, of things that we know have like played. So, number one is Brass Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Two is Pandemic Legacy Season 1. Which well, I would agree with that. That's... I'd agree with it, but... Maybe not number two, though. Uh, yeah. Quite high up. For something that can be played once, and yeah. Uh, Gloomhaven is number three. Never played it. Uh which does look good. I would like to play it, but Ark Nova number four, mm-hmm. Twilight Imperium, Terraforming Mars, Dune Imperium, War of the Ring, Gloomhaven Draws a Lion, Star Wars Rebellion. Star Wars Rebellion, actually much better than I thought, and I'm not like a massive Star Wars fan. So that's saying something. Yeah, <coughs> no, definitely. Well, but so we probably annoyed everybody now because our, our overrated games are the ones that are on top of the BGG. Yeah. But so sorry about that. That's why they're overrated, though, because <laughs> they are rated highly. Over highly. And there are other games that you could play over those games 
In fact, some of those games last so long that you could probably play 10 games in the space that you could play one of those other games. Correct. Yes. So that was, um, yeah, that's, that, that was our underrated, overrated games. Um, I hope you are not too angry. Uh, but let us know in any form of comments, in drop us a message on Instagram. Keep the conversation going and let us know your overrated, underrated games. I think um, online I did a recently just did a poll um, asking questions of what people thought. And we've got people like uh, Nick, Board Game Review UK has said Villainous. I agree with that 100%. Is that underrated or overrated? Overrated. Oh, Villainous okay. being overrated. I agree with that 100%. Um, that's just because it's a terrible game. Um, PJ the Cajun Gamer has said Castles of Burgundy. Ooh. Board Runner has said Unmatched. And I agree with that as well. Board Runner. Uh, Max. Um, and also Monopoly. And Monopoly. Uh, Gloomhaven from Mo Solo BG. Well, so um, we're not the only people who think that. No. Mad Max MD Hewer said Stone Age. <gasps> Board Game Roof has said Obsession. Oh, no. Meeple Squad has said Catan. Uh, Prob Dan Ng has said Scythe. Oh, Dan, Dan from DB Games has said Scythe and Distilled, which is just a terrible statement. Red Rising, maybe. Um Jeff Fallen Hammer has said Spirit Island. I uh, never played it, but I know there are mixed I think, thoughts about that. I think that it depends what kind of gamer you are, what kind of experience you've had with the game. So if somebody taught you badly, you're going to think that that wasn't great. If you learnt the rules badly, you know, it, there's so many... You, I mean, it's arbitrary, really, because what we think is overrated, someone else thinks is... Well, fantastic. Exactly. exactly. So board, game, really board games with Joe here has said Nemesis is overrated, and he he's obviously very wrong and um, has problems. So, shall we do some board game menus? Let's do some board game menus and let these lovely people because we've been on this podcast for a long time. Mm. Um, so, at Meeple Squad said they would start with Similo and and or Boop. Then their main course would be Expeditions. Followed by a dessert of Raiders of the North Sea. Sounds good. Um, at board.all.the.time, which you said I wouldn't read out like that. Yes, I did. but you did. Uh, <laughs> just because they have to be facetious. Correct. Um, said that her... Uh, is it a she? It is a she. Yeah, said that her starter were, would be Hive, that her main course would be Sky Team, and that her... Dessert would be lacuna, so that seems like a dinner for two. Perfect dinner for two. And then at played by Millie said sushi go, followed by flamecraft, and then finished with a with a dessert of ready set bet. Perfect, cool. So do you want to talk to them about how you would like board game menus? Yeah, I thought it'd be quite fun if you want to do a board game menu to send me a sound bite. If you want to send me a sound bite over on Instagram. Uh, get into games. Um, I will put your soundbite onto the podcast, and people can hear your lovely voices read out your own menu. So just say your name, your account that they can follow you at, and your starter, your main course, and your dinner. Um, if you try to keep it under starter, main course, and dinner, starter, main course, and dessert. That's what I said. I said that. If, if you heard anything else, you didn't hear anything else. You heard what I said. Um, well, what she said, because what she said is what I said. Um, no, no, I clarified what you nope. said. Nope. 
nope, nope, nope. Uh, yeah, so let us know. Keep it to about 30 seconds to, yeah, about 30 seconds would be lovely if you could. Um, and yeah, drop me a, a DM and uh, a, DM. a DM, a digital message, direct message, personal message. Just send me a message. They could send um, me a message. They could send, you could send a message to They at, could send Rent Shuffle Roll a message. Because if you send Rent Shuffle Roll a message, say, hi, Rent Shuffle Roll. I hear you sponsor a wonderful podcast. And if I use the code GITG50 on your website, I will get 50% off my first month. And that, that would be correct. Uh, That's what you would get. So remember that. Please leave a rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice for us. Five star rating. Five stars, please. Five stars. (laughs) No less. (laughs) No less. You can do four. No. But I don't like it, so do five. Uh, if you and also if you write a review on uh, your podcatcher of choice, so if it, if if it's the apples, because I think the apples are the one you can re- write the review. If you write that, I will also read your lovely review out on the podcast too. I think it's good. <laughs> yeah, five star. Um, so yeah, if you want to be named, shamed, and talked about, no, on not the shamed. Pod- We're not going to shame people being nice to us, are we? They might feel the shame. Oh, Craig! I don't know. Them off. I don't know how podcast work but we've this anyway, is really long up. um okay wrapping up with a lovely bow thanks for watching with your ears and remember what are we going to remember to get into games oh yeah remember to get into games see you next week